Sonny is very lucky that his father is a better person than Oli. And I think you, 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 you are an ostrich. Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day, he's the biggest fool in Manchester. And that is you, David Myers. Football heritage. No one <laughs> wants to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football. It's the Bola Boys. We are here finally. After over a year of planning across multiple continents, we are here. Uh, my name is Rahul. I've been given the privilege of hosting our first show. And I'm joined by both my co-host, Viswash. Hello, everybody. And Kaiser. Hello, hello. And, uh, you know, before we go any further, how does it feel? How does it feel that, uh, you know... 140 followers down on Instagram. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I mean, it's not like good. we were practicing uh, for months uh, before this uh, new one, but yeah, <laughs> coming yeah, in fresh. Like I'm we excited. Were, I'm excited. It's not like we were recording ourselves and then, you know, listening to ourselves. You know, <laughs> again and again and again. Of any yeah. Over and over. And, uh, no. um, but yeah, I'm very happy. I'm very, very happy with the sure, support that sure. we've got so far. I didn't expect this at all. You know, so thank you to all our friends. Those who don't even watch football, you know, are promoting this. And, <laughs> yes. you know, that just goes very to supportive. show something, right? So thank you. Thank you very much. And we hope we, you know, uh, stand out and, and, and give you a good time. For sure. Uh, and Visa summed it up that perfectly. The reason we started this is because we spent hours and hours talking about football uh, as armchair fans, which is what we are. Um, so to justify it to friends and family, we thought, okay, let's start a podcast. <laughs> and then we have an excuse for spending all this time and money on football. <laughs> yeah. um, so just a little introduction of what we're planning to do on our first season, on our first year going forward. We plan to be a review and preview podcast. It'll be based on the English Premier League mostly because that's what we follow. Um, but before that, the season hasn't even started, so we're going to do some pre-season pods, and this is the first of four. Um, we've decided to look at 12 teams over three podcasts, and the fourth podcast being about Fantasy Premier League, so all you FPL heads, that will be coming out over the next two weeks. So as I said, this will be the first pre-season podcast, and we're going to be starting with three teams, uh, Manchester United, Chelsea FC, and Norwich. As the resident Man United boy, uh, I think it'd be quite mean if I didn't go to him to begin with. Um, so, Vis, please let us know how you think you guys did last season. Well, if you asked me this question uh, before the Euros, I wouldn't have wanted to talk about it. Like, because <laughs> the only thing I could remember was the European Euro- Europa final, <laughs> and it was it was sad times, man. It was very sad times. So, a second place finish um, in the league and a European final is it's not so bad, you know. It's it's not a disgrace or anything of that sort. But ultimately, you don't get anything for finishing second, right? And it's, it's clear that United are close, but they're not close enough. And yeah, the whole season was just a bag of mixed feelings. At one point, I thought we were going to win the league, you know. Like, I thought we were going to actually catch up to City, but that stupid Sheffield game yes. just killed I've, everything. I have WhatsApp evidence of that. <laughs> yeah, so so overall, I'm pretty content. I mean, there are positives and also, you know, negatives. And uh, positives are that this was the highest scoring season since Sir Alex Ferguson. And to attest to that, that 9-0 win over Southampton. I mean, 
what a game that was lah. In terms for in terms of FPL and in terms of just me being a bad United fan, <laughs> shouting nine times right in one game is not something that is that is uh, usual. Yeah. And um, yeah, exciting counter-attacking football. I must say, I really enjoy the football that we're playing right now. It's full-on attacking and it's not boring. It's not LVG uh, sideways passing. It's not Mourinho's defensive, you know, boring, pragmatic sure. style of play. Highest, and, and sco- I, highest, scoring last, highest scoring last season, right? I think you yeah, guys yeah. scored the most goals. Yep, Ole yep. in. Ole in. Yeah, Ole in, man. Ole's at the wheel, you know? Ole is at the wheel. So, well besides that, player, player development, I mean, sure, look at him. Look, look, at, look at him in the Euros, right? Such, uh, you know, wonderful uh, performance by him. I thought he was um, one of the best players at the tournament. Honestly speaking, and uh, besides him, Rashford as well. You know, he's been he's been doing very well, and uh, Greenwood uh, coming growing under Sosha as well. And so from that aspect, you know, things are positive. And also, we were unbeaten away for an entire season, and yep. um, that yep. is something. And you know, actually, the record is uh, twenty six right now that we have, and Arsenal are the only ones at twenty seven. So if we actually the next away game this season. Uh, we'd actually have the record technically for most um, away unbeaten uh, games uh, in the in the league. So yeah, yeah, I think we make fun of Ole in Ole's at the wheel all the time. But yeah, I mean, like you said, despite finishing only second and losing in the final, I think there has to be quite a lot of credit given to him um, for how he's uh, set up the team and how he's got the second place. Um, I mean, it's no easy feat and. I think he might carry that on with some uh, some of the signings this year as well. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, yeah, the cons are there's no silverware. That's the, that's one of the major cons, right? At this time, we have not won a single thing, but that that should eventually, you know, um, um, change. And that's what I'm looking at. You know, the project is whatever they call it, right? The project. So yeah, I think um, historically as well, when you look at teams, they always need a uh, almost their season. And they always push on. Yeah, uh, you see it with City in the season where Chelsea won the league. I think that was Pep's first season. They finished second, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Uh, we finished second in the league. When I say we, I mean Liverpool finished second in the league before we the, the year before we won it as well. So historically, I think if you do finish second, it gives you quite a good basis to sort of push on the next season. Um, where I think United maybe made a mistake in recent times. So last time you guys finished second was under Mourinho. The summer following that, signings were Fred, Diego, Dalot, and I think you brought in Grant as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, not, nothing amazing. What I see and what is the stark difference, I think, with this season is look at the guys you're bringing in now. That's one thing. And look how early you guys are sorting your business out. Um, so how has it been, you know, from in you know from my internal view as a United fan? Do you see that difference or is it just something I... You know, I, I sort of noticed. Well, the season before that, I mean, we finished third and then last season second, obviously. But Rahul, you know, I, I completely agree with you uh, about how, you know, it was almost your season and then you move on and suddenly win the league. But the ma- mega difference is, right, we finished second, yes, but it, it wasn't a strong second, you know. We were still far off City. So mm. to close that gap, I mean, okay, fine. Sancho and Varane, great signings. Very, very good signings. You know, I'm so excited. I am. I am very, very positive about it. But um, they are going to take us to the next level. That's for sure. But yep. whether we can challenge for the title or not, that is still, um, you know, uh, still up to discussion. I'm, I'm really not sure. So, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was... Uh gonna be we're gonna win the league chance uh when you coming on here but it seems like you're quite uh calm and uh 
I've grown. I've grown. I've grown. Internal now. Yeah. <laughs> wait, un- wait until he's top of the league and after five games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then we'll see. Uh, but uh, but li- literally, you just saying that that uh, this talking of Sancho, talking of Varane, like my reaction as someone who doesn't support United, right? It's like ah oh, shit. You know, that's the first thing I I react to it, and the fact that I, I'm pretty sure that'll be the case for most people who don't support United. So surely, surely as As someone who does support United, seeing your team make big signings like this, I mean, there's no question about it. Both both those two players will strengthen you guys, as you said. Yeah. Um. So I think let's let's talk about that more. Let's start with Sancho because I think that's someone you've been pursuing for almost two years now. Dortmund yeah. Are difficult. They set uh, they set an asking price of what 120 million euros last season. Yeah. And I think you yeah. guys were like, no, that's too much. And you've got you've got him now for what almost 40 million euros less. Um, so they've done well in that sense. Yeah. But yeah. But what do you think of the Sancho signing? I mean, just overall, brilliant player. I mean, no doubt. But how do you think he'll do in the team? Shame we didn't get to see him in the Euros, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's okay, still young, very very young. <laughs> he's only twenty one of age, and he's he's talent right now. You know, he's a top top talent. And um, United have been struggling to find a right sided attacker for the longest time now. Uh, since Angel Di Maria, you know, since he left, it's been always a problem. You know, Memphis Depay came in there as well. Didn't do too well. And then after him was Alexis Sanchez. And <laughs> we all know how that turned out, right? I mean, even so, Di Maria didn't perform to that high level. Right? I mean, no, he still did but, but better than... But all good players. Yeah. yeah. All of the signings. Yeah, that's crazy. Exactly. Crazy. <laughs> that is a strange thing. <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, nah, nah. Sancho will be fine. Obviously, he'll perform. That that won't happen to him. Uh, hopefully, hopefully. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> so before Sancho, all Ole had to do was you know work with Dan James, you know, and he's a natural left winger, Dan James, and then Rashford as well, who you know plays on the right. He's also best position is on the left. So not only have we sort of like solved the right winger problem, right sided attacker problem, we've got one of the best right wingers, right, um, mm. you know, right sided attackers across the top five leagues. And, you know, I'm sure you guys agree with me, right? In terms of talent, he's he's up there. Right? Yeah. The scariest thing about him is the age. Yeah. yeah. What, so 20, much 21 years old? 21. 21 years old. 21, yes. The amount Super of time young. he spent playing at a high level, I mean, Bundesliga, for whatever people's opinions are, is still top five league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it's probably the best one after the Premier League. I think it's better than La Liga. Um, yeah. So the fact that he spent what? Three, how long has he been in Dortmund now? He went there when he was sixteen, sixteen, yep, seventeen. Pretty young, yeah. Yep. Uh, first season, I think he didn't make that many appearances. But since then, you know, following that season, quite a lot of football at a top level. And he's only twenty-one years old, so that's the scary part for me. Yeah, and I the think eighty-five million is nothing. Yeah, the big thing is the always the settling in thing, right? I think Bruno sort of um, put away that myth, and I, I think it's sometimes a myth. Uh, but Sancho coming back to England, being English, I mean, I think that's a huge uh, plus in terms of the settling in. Yeah, and is he is he from Manchester? No, right? Is he? Um, I'm not sure. I don't think. I'm not sure. Because you're really city youth. Sure. Yeah, I think he's he might city be youth. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm honestly. So not again, sure, yeah, but, coming yeah. home, I don't know if that makes a difference, but. So I mean, obviously, yeah. No, I mean, no doubt. I think I think he'll do very well. Um, but I think the other side of the pitch mm-hmm. is where a lot of United fans had a bit of gripe with last season. Yeah. Uh, Harry Maguire, for everything said and done, has improved the United defense. He had a very good uh tournament at the Euros. Um, very solid, very commanding, a leader at the back. Uh, and now you've signed someone else to partner him of the same sort of quality. Um. 
which one are you more excited about by this and which one do you think will make more of an impact on the team because goal scoring has never been a problem yeah you know so so I mean um, for me personally I'm more excited with the Varane signing I mean he's Mm. a he's a top top centre back bro and he's won he's 28 years old and he's won everything you need you can in football right he's won countless Champions Leagues he's won the World Cup and what a player he is. It's not like we're signing him when he's 34, 35. You know, 28 yep. is, is one of the prime years for defenders, especially. For a centre-back, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. still a lot of time. And, um, you know, character-wise, he will be a leader in the dressing room. You know, he knows what it takes to win. He has had so much experience playing in finals, which is something that United really need. And um, he has been able to marshal the Real, you know, defence when, whenever mm. when Ramos was injured, you know. You know, people people say that um, one of the flaws with Varane is always out with uh, injuries and all that. But, you know, mm. he's played he's played about uh, 40, about 40 plus games across the last seven seasons, you know, like 40 games on average. So that's that's pretty good, if you ask me. That's a lot. Yeah. And he's sort of always been second fiddle in the Real team because it's Ramos, right? But the thing is, uh, people don't realize that when Ramos is injured, he's the main man. And for France as well, for France, he is that leader figure, you know. So I have yeah. no no qualms about, um, you know, his ability. Um, he's good in the air. He's pacey. He, he's strong. I think he would suit the Premier League really, really well. And yeah. he'd be very good at complimenting Maguire. Yeah, I think I agree with both of you, actually. The Varane signing worries me a bit more. I think, like you said, the firepower has always been there. Uh, especially under Ole, uh, there's not been a problem. Um, but Varane really showing them up at the back. Uh, Maguire having a good um, Euros, just proving his his worth as well. Yeah. Shaw on the left, right, uh, Wan Bissaka as well. I mean, it's a solid, solid uh, back line. And Henderson probably starting at the at the back right ahead of the yeah. So, yeah, it's um, it is worrying as a Liverpool fan. Yeah, another. The... Sorry, Ralph. Say? Sorry, Vis, go on. Okay, no, the thing is, he really complements Maguire's playing style because you look at last season, Lindelof and Maguire, in terms of pace, they're pretty much similar. And because of that factor, right, because of that, we tend we we have to play McTominay and Fred to sort of shield the, the back line. And now, with Varane coming in and he being the sort of cover centre-back for Maguire, because of his pace, we'd be able to play a high line. And yeah. not just, you see, just because we, we signed an attacker doesn't mean we have to shift the whole style of, you know, the dynamic of how we play. But I feel Varane's impact, right, would genuinely change the way we play in terms of having a high line now and being more, you know, applying more pressure on the opponent's half, like sort of, you know, how Liverpool play, how how City play. Look at their, their back line. I mean, yeah. and that's, that's what Sosha is slowly building towards. And um, yeah, and, and you look at our set pieces. I mean, we were second worst for the number of goals conceded, you know, uh, from set pieces. Out of the yeah. 44 goals that we conceded, 33% of those goals have come from set pieces. And yeah. um, out of the, okay, on the receiving end, we were bad. Okay, only leads were, they conceded 15 goals, goals. you know, one goal yeah. more than us. But mm-hmm. out of the 74 goals that we scored, right, only 9% have come from set pieces. And and that's not good enough. When you compare that with City's percentage, 15% of City's goals have come from set pieces. Likewise, Liverpool, 19% of their goals. Chelsea, 22% of their goals have come from set pieces. So set pieces has, is something that, you know, we have to work on. And I feel Varane, from a defensive standpoint, he's going to add to that. And as well yep. as, you know, uh, four scoring goals uh, from set pieces we're going to add as well. So, so yeah. For sure. 
No, so I, I mean, I think one of Ole's strengths, as much as his criticisms, is his ability to see if something's going wrong and address it. I think his in-game management, you see that a lot. Uh, in the fact that United, you know, does this all of last season, second halves as a whole have been much better in the first half. Yes, I yes. Think that's because when he's watching the games, I don't know. I don't know why he can't start the game. Well, <laughs> but for some reason, he's able to look at the pay, look at the gameplay, look at the game state, and make the changes that need to be. And I think he's done the same thing this transfer window. He's seen that uh, Maguire is a strength, but whoever he puts next to him is not up to that level. And he's gone yeah. out. He signed someone who can fix that problem. Yeah. Uh, like you said, the right wing problem has been an issue. Yeah. He's gone out. He signed someone who is, like you said, one of the most exciting prospects yep. in world football. So the final thing, and I think this is quite an interesting thing, is every United fan I've spoken to, they said, okay, we've got these two. It'll make the this transfer window will be the best window we've ever had if we get a CDM in. And but yeah. the only hindrance I see to that now is Paul Pogba. And that's for two reasons. The contract issue is one thing. Yeah. And second thing is, if you're going to do this whole dance with Raiola and Pogba all over again, you're delaying the point at which you're getting a quality CDM in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, w- what do you think? Okay, let's say, let's say you're uh, Woodward. I don't even know if Woodward would be in charge of it now after the whole Super League thing. Mm. But say, la, let's say you're Woodward. Pogba situation is put right in front of you. What are you doing? One year left on the contract. What are you doing? Pogba, I think, is just... I mean, especially from an outside view, I mean, it's been an ongoing problem. It's like... Um, it's just a puzzle that doesn't fit into uh, into United, you know. And um, there's three options, I feel, right? Um, there's currently... You can sell him right now. Um, probably fetch around 30 to 50 mil. Uh, you can succumb to his demands and give him a new contract, which will be astronomical, probably more than 400k. <laughs> or let him run down his contract, which is a nightmare, and leave on a free uh, again. So, I mean, in my view, I think Man U has to work hard to try and get rid of him. I think this is where you want to get maximum value. He had a decent um, outing in the Euros. Uh, yeah, and by doing that, you'll be able to hopefully get a defensive midfielder in. Uh, as Rahul said so now what would you do with I personally would sell him right now for now? even 30, 30 million yeah that's really? the price yeah I'd be willing to let him go only because um, this guy he has run down his contract before and left to Juventus you know and he's not he's, he's probably going to do it again you know it's not, nothing's going to stop him from doing that and um, if we can get like a 30 to 40 million price range for him right now and the only serious buyer that i can see is psg i would say let him yeah. go because mm-hmm. it yeah. doesn't just stop yeah. there if we were to sign him on okay and keep him at the club the problem doesn't stop there we need to sign a proper cdm so there are yeah. you know extra costs involved it's not just you know oh pogba signs he's going to be amazing with sancho and that this, this. no it doesn't work like that he's been here for yeah. 5 years bro 5 yeah, years he's long. been with united and it's for 5 years we're still looking for the key to unlock paul pogba pogba yeah. okay. <laughs> every 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 cdm you sign whether it's matic whether it's fred all of them you know everyone has said oh it's time for paul to be unlocked yeah it's, but it's it's maybe you just the only person who can play is Kante, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, look yeah. how well. That's yeah. the other question, uh, right? The, the, the question people France. always ask is like, why is he so good for France? 
Why is he yeah. for France? Is it because exactly. Kante is that good? He makes him look good. Would anyone look good next to Kante? That's exactly. Yeah. One is that, and yeah, of course, uh, such a huge difference between Italian league and uh, English league style of play as well. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Rahul, going back to that point, right? I feel yeah, you're right. I think anybody would look good next to Kante. You know, Kante <laughs> is sort of the sweeper, that cleaner guy. He does all the dirty shit that nobody likes. He to does all your running. Yeah. He does all yeah, your running. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And Pogba is the type of guy who likes some time on the ball, take his time, you know, like he's sort of like an artist, like a painter, you know. He's he's not like that. <laughs> you if you were to get in front of his face and try to close him down, huh, he cannot, you know, he cannot. That's he's why a luxury player. Yeah, he's a luxury sort of player and, and the game is slower. International football is slower, you know. And it it's slow in Italy as well. It's slower than 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 it is in, in on the world stage, you know. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons yeah. why he was so good over there. And in the Premier League, bro, you have twenty teams, and every single one will get in your face and waste no time doing it. And this is very similar to how look at Lukaku now. Look at how he's performing. You know. Yeah. He didn't yeah. do it when it mattered most at Chelsea or at United. I mean, he was a he was a good striker, a, a, a bit above average, but you know, he didn't kill it. You know, he he didn't yeah. justify that ninety million pounds that we spent on him. You know. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what I think. I think it's it's about time Paul has moved on, and we have to you know end this relationship with him. He's he's done well, and yeah. For sure, as an external person, I would. Um, that's my view on it. I've always thought he's a lot of talent, but like you said, what is he twenty eight now? Twenty eight, twenty nine yeah. this year. He's twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah, he's year. not. He's not this young guy who is gonna realize his talent. This is yeah. prime years. And yes. You're exactly. not getting out of him. I don't think it justifies a 400k uh, wage packet. Yeah. Sure. The question is who is who should come in, right? Declan Rice. Yeah. And DD's been uh, mentioned as well. I like Calvin Phillips actually. I really yeah. hope United mm-hmm. sign someone like Calvin Phillips. I think you know he. I would prefer him over Declan Rice if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. I really, really like Declan. Yeah, sorry. I really, really like Calvin Phillips. I mean, even from last time, even at Leeds itself, you know, when I used to watch him last season, I really thought that United would do so well with someone, you know, of his caliber. And look at how he played in the Euros. Even in the Euros, also, he was yeah. really good. You know, if you're going to get him now, his stock price would be. Ah, uh, that one, yeah, la, English player. And that's the thing. I think with Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips, these type of deals which take 12 months, 18 months. Mm. I don't think it's something you're going to do. And if the Pogba thing is hanging over, it's it's going to take a while. Yeah, I think we could probably speak about Paul Pogba and Man United for another 40 minutes. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. It goes on and on, bro. It'll go oh, on and on. We'll English. talk about him another six months from now. Trust me. Yeah, it never ends, man. It never ends. I'm done. He's, he'll still Viola. be here. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think in the interest of time, we have to move on. So um, next up, we've got Chelsea. My view of the past season was definitely it was a season of two halves. Finished the season so strongly. Champions League, best best thing you can win in club football in Europe. But obviously, stark differences to how they began the season. Um, Kaiser, I'm going to come to you first. Yeah. Lampard v Tuchel, the football in the first half versus the second half. How, how, how did that play out? How have you seen that? Yeah, I mean, it's nothing surprising. Chelsea changing a, a manager halfway through the season, but... Yeah, it's just an unbelievable turnaround uh, post-Lampard era. I mean, Lampard was given, I think, more than 220 million signing Harvards, uh, Ziyech, Mendy, Chilwell. Um, and yes, he was given six months uh, to bet them in. But when Tuchel came in, Lampard was ninth. Uh, and he had like five defeats uh, in eight games. So it was a terrible... Terrible run of form and you know how Abram- Abramovich runs the show and it turned out to be an amazing decision. 
um, Tuchel coming in, shoring out the back line. I think that was the main main thing um, before Tuchel and under uh, Tuchel. The in terms of the defensive metrics, clean sheets, goals conceded, big chances conceded, all the big metrics, shots in the box conceded. They were first in the league, which says a huge amount. And I think with the uh, defensive lineup. I mean, currently they have uh, they played a three-five-two, right? Uh, mainly with James and Chilwell on the sides, um, Aspi, Silva, uh, as well as Rudiger. I mean, all of them um, has played in such a tight unit. The problem, however, is um, up front they weren't scoring as much goals, um, despite um, going into the FA Cup final and, of course, winning the Champions League final, which I think. Um, is more than a successful season. I mean, more than anyone <laughs> would have imagined, I think, with Tuchel uh, coming in. So definitely overall, a very successful season. So it'll be very, very interesting to see uh, what happens uh, this season. Yeah, it feels, it feels so odd here, almost criticising the end of the season when they've reached the FA Cup final, finished fourth and won a Champions League. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he had six months, six months in charge. Ridiculous. It's remarkable end of season if you take that six months in isolation, amazing, amazing. If I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be absolutely over the moon. Because under Lampard, I was happy. I was happy as a Liverpool fan. I, <laughs> I didn't think he was a good manager. I think he was brought in as a scapegoat for when they had the transfer ban. But the one thing, as you said, Kaiser, is Chelsea do so well with their managerial chopping and changing. They just know when it's time. They just know the people to bring in. And the success is immediate. Yeah. Like literally immediate. Six months the Champions League. That is that is madness. And you think surely this high turnover model is just unsustainable, right? The way they just chop but and change. But it is. It is sustainable. And somehow they keep on bringing the success. Yeah. Chelsea arguably are the most successful English club in the last 10 years. For sure. They yeah. are. Since yeah. Abramovich came in. Yeah. You, you think the buck has to stop somewhere, but it no just la. keeps on continuing. So... It's, interesting. it's actually very interesting you say that because obviously their model and they've managed to do well with FFP is they've done very well with their youth setup in terms of obviously developing their own sort of um, academy graduates but also signing young talent from all over Europe uh, for lack of a better word sort of farming them out to European leagues Vitesse Anaheim everyone makes that joke right that <laughs> half of the team is like Chelsea players <laughs> But this season, obviously, with everything going on with COVID and things like that, I think English teams have caught on. So when I say English teams, middle to lowering English teams have caught on. That there's so many good young talent at top tier English clubs. Your Chelsea's, your Liverpool's, your Arsenal's, your United's. And if they are willing to pay them a little bit more to stay in England and we're saying, hey, we can promise you first team football, these players are willing to run down their contracts and then switch to these teams. So in Chelsea, yeah. for example, Lewis Bates, he's gone to Leeds on a free. Uh, there's a chap from Liverpool, I can't remember his name, but he's gone on a free as well because they want to mm -hmm. play football regularly. Yeah. yeah. And lower English teams have caught on to this and they want to do it now. So in, like you said, Kaiser, it has to stop somewhere. I don't know whether this will be the point where Chelsea will find it a bit more difficult using teams like Vitesse to send their youth players right. on developing and then selling them on for your 10s, your 15s, your 20s. But whoever is in charge of negotiations at Chelsea FC, fuck me, they are sensational, man. Honestly, <laughs> so good. And and that's that's why it's sustainable. As we said, they are managing to sell, turn over these players to fund their incomings. 
Yeah. And fantastic business model. They're very well run. Arguably, a lot of the money was uh, Hazard money as well. They sold for 105 uh, million. Although he was was an overrated uh, player in the Premier League for how many seasons? Don't even even get me started. (laughs) Don't even get me started. Real Madrid just spoke out. Yeah, that's another. Yeah, that's another. <laughs> we start that for another. We'll do an overrated eleven podcast or something. <laughs> but, but just coming back to the problem again, it's so stupid to say to you know find criticism of this team. But definitely one thing, uh, a theme that Chelsea fans have said, and also you see in a lot of the numbers is they had trouble scoring goals. The opportunities were coming, but they weren't scoring the goals, and that's seen by the links that they've had over this transfer window. Um, yeah. So, Kaiser, what do you think? Do you think they're going to bring in someone as a nine, or what? W- what do you think the priority is? Yeah, I think the main talking point has been Haaland, right? The the whole season, I think um, it was City for a while uh, for Haaland, but I think that switched to the Kane and City uh, discussion. Uh, but I think very, very unlikely the fact that Sancho has just gone to United at Dortmund would be willing to sell uh, to Chelsea unless it's for astronomical something ridiculous fee. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean we have to touch on Timo Werner what uh, what a hilarious season that was to watch I mean it was like watching a parody or watching someone live through their nightmare just missing chance after chance is like the worst oh, God, I mean the honestly, easiest yeah. chances as well and surely he'll revert to the mean slightly. I mean, he can't do as badly, underperform as badly as he did uh, last year. But interestingly, the stats show, I mean, not only he underperformed, almost all their strikers, uh, except mm. Tammy, who'd hardly played, uh, underperformed. Pulisic, Havertz, Mount, Giroud, all underperformed their XG. So I'm not sure if there's an underlying issue there. Um, but yes, that definitely looks like um, the place uh, that they should... Uh, Prioritize potentially, although Harvard's uh, has been gaining quite a bit of form. I think towards the end of last season, Euros he played really well as well. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how they line up and maybe start him as a as a nine. Um, for sure, yeah. Um, it's interesting what he does then. So, so for example, he brings Harlan in, or the other link I think I've seen is Lukaku. Uh, what does it mean for Timo Werner then? You know, um, is it the case that you sort of Everyone shakes hand and says, "Oh, this doesn't, you know, this hasn't worked out." And they try and find a buyer for him. Or no la. Sorry, I just want to interject there. I don't yeah. think I don't think yeah. that's fair. It's only been his first season. Yeah, I think it's on. like a first season syndrome for him. And I like what Kaiser highlighted in terms of XG. Right, these guys will revert to the mean. They have to revert. You know, this is just them being unlucky. So eventually, you know, he's finding himself at the right at the right places at the right time. Eventually, he'll start scoring. But they're actively looking for a striker. So what if, you know, if they sign someone, say they sign a Haaland, say they sign a Lukaku, he's not yeah. going to be sitting on the bench. Yeah, he's not going to be. Maybe he'll so play a bit on the left together with... Yeah, okay. I think there's enough there's spaces. Maybe, there's <laughs> maybe I'm a, <laughs> I'm a Werner fan, but... <laughs> I think there's enough, there's enough spaces uh, to, to switch. Yeah, like you said, I think Harvard's and... Uh, because Giroud has gone now as well. So that's... Uh, and Tammy might go as well. So I think yeah. maybe Harvard's yeah. and the new striker rotate. Werner rotates with another winger on the left and then Ziyech and... Pressure on Werner then. He has to deliver this season. Yeah. Even worse, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> next yeah. season, I'm sure, you know, Haaland would want to move as well. He's not going to stay in Dortmund forever. No. Maybe. Yeah. No, no, no. So, yeah, yeah Werner has to, you know, prove a point and... And, and yeah. Haaland you know, is, a, is another one who's just... 
Holland, it looks. Holland. <laughs> <laughs> no, on, but it just it looks like generational, right? Like I think yeah. it's so weird that no one else is. I think no one else is doing it because no one else can. Right? Everyone's broke. Real Madrid, Barcelona, all these guys. Yeah, and, um, all are broke. But yeah. if he he's someone, I would just he would fit into any team. I would say. Don't look at the way you play. Don't look at the manager. Get <laughs> yeah, yeah improve and just get him. <laughs> and I think maybe that's what Chelsea are doing. You know? Chelsea, are, like I said, they managed yeah. so well. They probably looked at it and said, "Ah, oh, shit, fine. We got Werner, we got Pulisic, we got Havertz, but this guy is sensational. This guy, we have to, we have to do it if we can." And I think it's an interesting period as well because uh, Barca, Real Madrid are sort of struggling financially as well. I think this is a interesting and good time to yep. get someone like Haaland before they start recovering again and City yeah. has an eye on Kane you know yeah. it's, it's quite an and Madrid are so gung-ho on Mbappe like Perez has come yeah, out yeah. and said even, you know <laughs> he's like I want Mbappe only you know yeah and yeah, but he's, yeah. but and then he sold both his starting centre back. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> to fund to fund this for Mbappe. Not FIFA, Mbappe bro. Fund. Mbappe yeah, fund. <laughs> this is the type of the, shit I would do on FIFA manager. You know? <laughs> yeah. The Super League didn't work out. I'll play like some sixteen-year-old nah. keeper <laughs> and then sign Mbappe up. Front. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so that's obvious. They are definitely looking for a striker. I think that's that's somewhere you can improve a very good team already. That's obvious. The thing which I find weird is recently they've been linked with uh, Jules Conde from Sevilla, who I mm. think is very good. Yeah. The only thing I'll hold against him is he's a bit small. Right. Uh, but he's a very good defender, front foot, very good in the air despite his height. Um, the other thing which I find weird is they've shipped off Tomori. They've let Guehi go off to Crystal Palace. These are yeah. young, very talented yeah. defenders. They've got already... Um, defense is definitely not somewhere I would think when I look at that Chelsea squad as uh, a weakness you know um, yeah. so talk to me about that Jules Conde link Pezza. yeah especially based on last season as we just mentioned like first on all the metrics in defense so it's a bit surprising but if you look a bit deeper Aspie's 31 uh, Silva's 37 so that's two of those three starting uh, center backs so I think it's a bit of succession planning um, and I think Kunde definitely can come in to be a starter, whether it rotates with Aspi or Silva or start ahead of Aspi if they still keep uh, plan to keep uh, the five at the back. Christensen is worth a mention, had a very good Euros and mm. Tuchel seems to yep. trust him last season uh, when Silva was out. Uh, and he played, he played really, really well under Tuchel as well. Um, so I think if they um, persist with the five at the back, then definitely Kunde makes sense especially they're trying to use Zuma as a make weight uh, for the <laughs> yeah. deal uh, yeah. so cash plus Zuma uh, in, <laughs> in, uh, initially they offered Emerson but Sevilla were like fuck no <laughs> 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 so I think uh, Zuma they have a better chance and it looks like they're prioritizing a center back ahead of a striker which is which is definitely uh, very interesting yeah Do you- so he play, he's right center back, and I think he'd be very good in a three. Yeah. Um, but they've they've tried to play Reese James there um, a few times last season, right. and he's he's been very good as well. So do you think this is more of like you said, phasing out Aspiliqueta and get Reese James as a right wing back and Jules as the right center back? Is that something you think probably what they're looking at doing? Definitely, definitely. I think you uh you can see, I mean, the way James plays. He's much more fitted uh, to right back and right wing back uh, position, uh, the way he bombs forward and he he um, contributes so much uh, going forward. So I think definitely they do not uh, they want to try and use yeah yep. James in the centre back position. So, so this how Chelsea? 
challenges. Yeah, I think they have the best squad on paper. Yep. Agree. Right? The, agree. We all agree. And I mean, Very they just good. won the Champions League, right? And yep. Tuchel, he's, he's one hell of a manager. Lah. Let's put it that For way. Sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they have a good good chance of actually winning the league this time. So, yeah. Very scary. Very mm-hmm. scary. All right. So, I mean, we, we've talked about United, Chelsea. I think now let's talk about one of the new boys. We'll start with Norwich on this pod. We'll talk, we'll talk about the other two on the next two pods. Um, Norwich have been up and down, up and down. So, we're up in the Prem two years ago. Went back down and won championship last year. All under Daniel Farker. Uh, things to note straight off the back is they've kept the core together, not just the playing personnel. But obviously, Farker stayed on, just signed a new contract. Uh, very good relationship with their sporting director, Daniel mm-hmm. Weber. Um, I think they're quite a close-knit managing team. Uh, and you can see that in the way they uh, run the club. You know, um, They've made some signings which could work out could you know could not work out after selling Buendia I think that is a massive massive loss 15 yeah. goals 17 assists unreal season loss. unreal oh my god like 15 15 goals 17 assists and I I always thought he played as a 10 I was speaking to one of my friends who watches Norwich he plays out wide those numbers from out wide is That's mad. is Same. ridiculous um but just some of the business they've done so far. They brought in Angus Gunn from Southampton. He'll probably be a backup keeper. Uh, Billy Gilmore from Chelsea on loan. Very good player. Mm, Had a very good, good tournament with Scotland. Uh, Tuchel is a very big fan. And I think he definitely had a say in where he was going on loan. So I expect quite a few minutes for Billy Gilmore. Mm. Uh, Pierre-Lee Melou from OGC Nice. I don't really know much about him. Uh, but they're still looking for reinforcements throughout the rest of the team. Uh, they're looking at Billing at Bournemouth and I think they're trying to assess whether Ollie Skip will be part of Nuno's plans at Spurs. But just looking at the outside, Vis, I'm going to come to you first. Coming, coming back to Buendia, 15 yeah. goals, 7 assists is one thing. Uh, you look at his relationship with Puki, um, I'm pretty sure he's assisted loads of his goals as well. Yeah. So you're losing a big chunk of your numbers from there. Um and the person they brought in so far, I didn't mention him, is Milot Rashika. Mm. Again, I, I personally haven't seen much of him, but I, uh, I, I'll put money down that he doesn't hit the numbers Bendia does uh, <laughs> straight straight away. So how do you see this sort of uh, panning out, panning out for them? Well, overall, I think you know they've been they've been really good Norwich. I mean, they were in the championship, they got promoted Premier League, and then back to the championship, and they're now back again in the Premier League. I mean, for a club like Norwich, you know, they're a self-funded club and the fact that they're punching way above their weight, you know, right now. And it's so difficult for them to, you know, bring in, you know, signings as they wish. You know, you compare them with the rest of the league in terms of funding, they're the lowest, you know, and, and... out of the okay, if you take Pookie's goal involvements and uh, this guy Brendia's goal involvements, there's about sixty to seventy odd goals, okay, <laughs> among the two of them, and you take away half, I just don't know how they're gonna survive. You know, and you I step up now to the Premier League, you're yeah, level above as well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. How are they gonna survive? I honestly think they're just gonna drown again. You know, and um, yeah, that's 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 my take on it. I mean, in, in the in the league, uh, when they were in the in the league in the Premier League, I mean, in the nineteen twenty season, they 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 are good at attacking. You know, they beat City, they beat Everton. You know, they came they put back. Three, they against... put three past. Well, no, not three, uh, three past City. They attacked, 
Correct, correct. Three positive, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So then, you know, they came back against Arsenal. They drew with Leicester. They drew with Spurs. You know, these guys, they can score. But the major problem for them was conceding goals. It was Pookie and Cantwell who are both still there that smashed that season. Yeah, Yeah, uh, for sure. As well. Yeah. But even Pookie, right? I mean, he's he's a goal scorer, yes. You know, very, very good goal scorer. But I still remember everybody was on the Pookie bandwagon. But then after four (laughs) to six weeks in, you know, he sort of just dropped off, declined. You know, and um, I really, you know, I don't want to be the asshole who says, uh, yeah, you know, they're, they're going to get relegated. But honestly, I don't think they are going to, you know, stay in the league. The main issue you're mentioning, like they're self-funded, so they're not getting any debt or outside investment and they have to like sell to buy. I think that's going to be a huge issue, especially in a league where there's so many, so many, even the some of the lower teams have really, really deep pockets. Yeah, um, really I think deep it's pockets. Be really, I mean, if you have one, two injuries to your... Imagine Pookie, Cantwell. That's it, Injury bro. by January. And then suddenly you're trying to figure out who to sell, to buy a replacement. I think Cannot it can get lie. very, very sticky for them very quickly. Yeah, it's difficult. Uh, is it? Yeah. I mean, if you if you were Norwich, it would be just so good to hold on to Buendia for one season. Sit exactly. Sit down and say, we'll let you get your move next season. Yeah. yeah. Help us stay up. Help us stay up for this one season at least and move on. The only thing I would take from that though, and I think I'm a bit more positive on this than you, Vase, is the fact that Buendia, when he was in the Prem, his numbers weren't great. So I don't think this was two years ago. Obviously, yeah, he, he stepped up last year. He yeah. didn't score that many goals. <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. I mean, he scored 15 <laughs> and 17 last year. But uh, when he was it's in the Prem, he didn't have the numbers. What I'm trying to get at is uh, Cantwell and Puki, like Kaiser said, are still there. Yeah. Uh, they've kept the manager. They, you know, mm. they came up. They tried to play attacking football. They, you know, didn't quite make it. I think that a lot of that was luck as well. Their whole defensive line was wiped out from the beginning of the season. Yeah, literally, I think they had three, they had their top three centre backs. So this is something like how how it happened at Liverpool, but for a Norwich stepping oh. up into the Premier League, three of your top centre backs injured is not going to help you. Yeah, they had a goal. I think they are an attacking team, and I think promoted teams that always have a goal that try to play attacking football always fare a bit better. So you okay. compare it to Sheffield mm-hmm. United and things, and where the defensive uh, capabilities are the strength of the team. Yes, they do well. I think obviously Sheffield United have a very good opening season, but I think they struggle. Then if you can't score goals, this is a Michael Owen thing to say. If you can't <laughs> score goals, you're not gonna win, right? So like, like that's. <laughs> Imagine if you just clip that now. If you don't score goals, you're not going to Put you in the intro but like, now. No, but I think I think uh, promoted teams that play attacking football, that go for it, your Leeds United, your Aston Villa, they've done fantastically well. Yep. You can shore up the defense. That's a good point. I think, after, good, yeah, I think you can shore a, up the defense. But if you can point. manage to score, then you you you, you, have, you always have a chance. Yeah, again, I, think, I just realized it's a fucking stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think how they use Wendia money, every million is going to count. Yeah, every yeah. million is going to count, bro. And 38 million for Wendia. I mean, billing, at, billing from Bournemouth doesn't scream excitement. But I mean, if he shores up their team, you know, you never know. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get that move when Bournemouth signed him either because he was a Huddersfield. Huddersfield, yeah, Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't think he was very good there, but all of these relegated slash top championship teams really like him, so I don't know. Maybe maybe something I'm missing. Um, So yeah, I think they've got quite a big task on their hand. I think they're losing Buendia, they're losing Skip. Uh, We'll see, but I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I let's see fine. after their first four we'll games. See, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> oh, their first four games. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. So they got Liverpool at home, City away, Leicester My at home, goodness. and then Arsenal away. <laughs> <laughs> 
the classic uh, welcome know, to the Premier League. <laughs> this is just not my tenor, bro. You, these are not the fixtures you want to come yeah. up to. Although, <laughs> a point to make is some players will be missing from the Euros for the big teams. So, could be a good time to, to start uh, to play. Yeah. 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 But yeah, good point. Nah, good point. relegation. It could definitely be the start of a <laughs> Liverpool meme season for sure. Yeah. Pookie oh. gets like two goals and then sure, sure. Yeah. Malaysian Twitter goes crazy. For Pookie, yeah. Everyone loves Pookie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think I think it'll pick up for it'll pick up for Norwich because like Liverpool tough, City tough, Leicester tough. Then Arsenal they'll pick up lah eventually. So. <laughs> they get three points there. Yeah, la. they get three points. Brentford <laughs> and Norwich will get the points. There. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay lah. We don't even talk about Arsenal, but somehow they managed to yeah make make their way into this. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next pod. <laughs> right. So on that on that note, I think uh, we'll keep it nice and short. Uh, we've touched on Manchester United, Chelsea, and Norwich. Thank you so much to uh, all three of you that have tuned in. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, mom. Thanks, dad. <laughs> if you uh, if you've made it this far, any feedback is appreciated, positive or negative. This is something like we said we've never done before. We're just having a go at it and having a good time. So please let us know. We appreciate all the love and support we've received so far. It's been absolutely amazing. Um, We've got three more preseason pods to come after this one. Um, one will be mid next week. There'll be one next weekend, and then finally the fantasy Premier League one just before the season starts. Um, so yeah, it's been great. I've had a good time, um, and it's been the Baller Boys. Thanks. Sonny is very lucky that his father is a better person than Oli. And I think you 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 are an ostrich. Next Tuesday. April Fool's Day is the biggest fool in Manchester, and that is you, David Myers. Football heritage. No one wants to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football.